Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rinthigpen. Always excited to be here with you. Woo! As we take another breath and slow it down, because we are already two-thirds into this year and looking forward to all the beautiful, magical things that will come, not because we just sat and closed our eyes and wished it and hoped it to be, but because we were willing to see the possibilities and then put a plan in place and move forward. That is why I needed to have this beautiful, brilliant human here with me today because she is magnificent on so many levels. She doesn't know it yet, but I professionally stalked her. So she will know as we're having this conversation, (laughs) (laughs) right? Julia Arndt is the founder of the Peak Performance Method. She's a stress management trainer and a sought after international speaker that was born in Germany, is currently hailing from California, has lived in more countries than I have fingers and speaks three languages fluently. Come on, Julia. Welcome to the BEP. How are you today? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm great. Thank you. You're awesome. I'm super excited to have you here for so many reasons, including you've lived a really full and I'll dare say global life for most of your human years here on this planet. And I would love for you to share with everyone just a little bit about why you chose to found the peak performance method, the modality, the institute, all the things that you're doing with it, and what mm-hmm. made you decide to continue with it? Because you're you have multiple legs under you. You could be doing anything in the world right now, but yet you're helping people really understand how to be more productive and to connect mindfulness, stress reduction, and leadership. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you so much for this wonderful introduction. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, where does the journey start? It's always a good question, right? And how did I finally decided to start my business? Well, I worked for Google for seven and a half years, um, both in Europe and in the US, which is why I am today in California, because I moved with them um, in 2014. Um, And yeah, I burnt out uh long story short i'm just gonna get to the point (laughs) long story short i burnt out in 2018 i was living as you said an exciting life um i think on paper i had everything a lot of people were dreaming of yeah you know i had a great job great pay great benefits i bought a house in lake tahoe in 2016 and so i commuted quite a bit as well Um, between the Bay Area and Lake Tahoe, which is about 250 miles each way for those of you that don't know it. So I did that for three years every single week, which was a lot. And I was running global project as a project and program manager in Google Ads and Google support. And yeah, it just came to the point where I just didn't feel like myself anymore. And it's a really interesting journey because I always considered myself as a pretty active and healthy person. I went to the gym four, five, six times a week. I ate really healthy. People uh, that, you know, people in my close vicinity, like my colleagues, they would always come to me with questions about fitness and health. So I was kind of like seen as the, the healthy, happy person. And so when I reached that point in the summer of 2018, I didn't really know what was going on with me. I You know, there were like different small signals here and there that initially I ignored and then they became more and more um, apparent. Like, for example, digestive issues, 
really major anxiety, which up until the point that when my doctor told me that I have anxiety, I didn't know that I had anxiety yeah. because I just didn't know what it was or what it felt like. And yeah, I just, like I said, I think the biggest thing that was kind of the major sign for me to put a stop to it was that I didn't feel like myself anymore. And I started to have thoughts hoping I would get in a car accident mm -hmm. <laughs> to not need to do the life anymore that I was living at the yeah. time. And that felt scary. Yeah. And at that point, I had to be honest with myself and think, why do I have these kind of thoughts? That's not really normal, you know. And so I went to the doctor. And at the time, in 2018, burnout wasn't a officially recognized disease right. by the World Health Organization. Right. So they gave me actually two questionnaires, one on depression and one on anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked when I filled out these surveys mm -hmm. because everything they asked me, I literally said, this is, I experience this every single day. Yeah. And for me at the time, it was totally normal. It was my life. And I was really surprised that someone would say that that's not normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, you know, my doctor, my doctor and I had a long conversation and she told me, you know, this doesn't look really good. Like, you know, you, you clearly are not feeling really well. So I decided to go on a three months medical leave. Okay. And during that time, I learned a lot about mental health, about stress management and mindfulness. I was already kind of on my personal development journey for two years, I would say at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I just learned even more about it. You listen to a lot of podcasts and so on. And yeah. And then I decided that something major in my life had to change. And I think it was a decision that was lingering for a really long time, which might have also led to that burnout at the time. And so I decided to leave the company in January, 2019 and start my own business wow. today called the Peak Performance Method. Wow. You have so many layers underneath of what most people would just see as beautiful brilliance, right? Like, cause you show up mm -hmm. so fully, you show up so well as many of us do. And often what people think burnout looks like is not actually what most burnt out people really look like. And you're mm -hmm. a perfect example of that. When you think about the reality, you had everything on paper. Like you said, it was your portfolio looked great <laughs> on paper, mm -hmm. you have a great career by all the tenets of what quote unquote, a great career would look like for most people the house, obviously you're commuting 200 plus miles or you're, you're doing well transportation wise, right? Like whatever mm -hmm. that looks like yeah. in that and you're working out. So, you know, check, 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 checking the boxes of what you're supposed to do is in terms of normal standards, but that wasn't necessarily what you wanted to do, nor was it the healthiest thing for you to do. Mm -hmm. And you had to do what I believe in, which is creating your own reality. You had to literally pull yourself up out of the muck and mire that you not, you're not even sure how you got there in the first place and decide after you cleaned up with some support and aids from, I guess, professionals that were out there, whatever that looks like, that cocktail of support looked mm -hmm. like for you inside the personal development journey you were already deeply into and give credence to the reality that you needed more in order to create more of the life you wanted which ultimately is impacting other people and leaving an imprint in this world, which I have to give you kudos for is as a licensed clinical social worker, who's a trauma specialist. And that's the background that I came from for 20 plus years. 
before we opened a global personal development company 11 years ago, helping people in a different and deeper way than I did as a psychotherapist, I know exactly what you mean. I also know it as an ambitious woman who also dealt with burnout in multiple layers while helping other people. And most people were patting me on my back. Oh, good job, Nikita. Great job. Like, girl, you doing it. And I'm like, I'm two seconds from going crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but getting kudos from the world, right, with, with all yeah. the things because it looked a different way than what it really is. So I'm curious with all that you've had to do, Julia, and just the reality of pulling yourself together and creating this fantastic business and the model, which is really, in my opinion, holistic because you're not just looking at productivity measures, you know, how to make people do more. You're also Mm -hmm. helping them look at how they can be more whole and really incorporate things coping strategies and skill sets that work for them so that the leadership teams in those corporations can get more out of their employees in a way that doesn't send them to the hospital, that doesn't have them riddled with anxiety and trying to figure out how am I stuck in the muck and mire. You're trying to prevent people from being in the position that you were in when no one saw that you were there because you hit it so well. So with you doing all those things, how has that changed your life now? Like as you've created what we call work life and love balance for you. Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, there's multiple layers to how I got there, right? Um, It's not just one way and, um, there, I mean, I know we have kind of a limited period of time, but I feel like I could share so much, especially the love piece as well, because that's been um, really shaky for me for two years during during the time that I built the business. Um, so that was a really difficult time as well. And I think that's that's a really interesting topic as well to talk about, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you build a business and how do you stick to it when you're going through personally a difficult yes. time, you know? Yes. And so, yeah. You know, I just really enjoy what I'm doing and I, and you know, a lot of people say that, but I feel like I really believe deeply that more people need to learn how to take care of themselves. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, but you're saying, you said it yourself, right? In your own journey, you, you've had like multiple almost burnouts because we are these like peak performers, I call them or high achievers um, and ambitious women and, we we have learned how to push our boundaries. Yes, like that's not the problem, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not the problem. And it's been really interesting. I've been having a lot of conversations with corporations this year and they tell me we are not really trying to get more productive people. We are actually trying to create better humans. And I actually love that because it's really, it's really more about that yes. than about the productivity piece, even though, and that was my learning as well. As when I started my business, I didn't plan to have productivity systems as part of the peak performance method. However, when I started working with different people and different teams, I understood, hey, the problem why they don't do self-care is, is because they don't have time. Mm-hmm. And then they were asked the question is, why do they not have time? And you look at their calendars and it's like meeting, 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 mm-hmm. and they are not managing their time well. They're not setting boundaries well. So they work in the evenings. They work during the weekend in order to get their actual work done and so the first thing that always falls off is their own self-care because it's the easiest thing to cut out of your busy schedule right 
And so that was such an interesting and important element um, to understand that it's not, I'm not trying to make people more productive, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in a way, but I'm actually trying to get people to take better care of themselves because I know they are already pretty productive, but yeah. they are, there are things that can be optimized. Now, I think to your point, there's two sides of the same coin, right? If, mm-hmm. if I'm your client and I'm ambitious and a, a peak performer by my metrics, my KPIs, all the things look fantastic, but I have almost no energy. So my emotional intelligence is going down because I'm no longer really aware of exactly. what is and isn't working for me. My discernment is in the toilet because I can't, everything's murky. I can't see the forest for the trees, any of it, when it comes to what I need personally. And I'm, you know, I know this is cheeky to say because everyone says it, but I'm basically pouring from an empty cup, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, a statement we hear all the time. As I say, cheeky statement, I actually wrote a checker pouring from an empty cup in my book called Selfish, which is hilarious. Um, But the whole reason of being intentionally selfish for me is because I knew that I needed to give myself the gift to create joy. And I couldn't do that if I didn't have anything in my reservoir, if I was empty, which I was as a clinician, a trauma specialist doing all the things. My heart was connected Mm -hmm. to the work. Mm -hmm. I was really good at what I was doing. But just Mm -hmm. like being in a marriage that is, you know, has healthy pillars that most people in the world would see, but you're sitting in the driveway for 45 minutes, not wanting to go in the house, there's something missing. You're no longer, you might love, but you're not in love with that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I fell out Mm -hmm. of love with my relationship with the work in the way that I was doing it because Mm -hmm. I was burned out for those very reasons. Hitting all the Mm -hmm. measurements, promote it, promote it, promote it. It's a, a good pat on the back that almost validates you being so extreme with these 80, 100, 120 hour work weeks and whatever that looks like where you can't turn off, but it didn't feel like a joyful life. It didn't Mm -hmm. feel fulfilling. I wasn't a better human. I was a great worker and a great Mm -hmm. leader from the contextual side of metrics, but not wholly a leader because I was missing so much, which is, it comes up with a lot of the power couples that we work with here in our company because they are masterful at being ambitious and amazing, but they haven't given their relationship that same Mm. self-care, self-love, that humanness that you're talking about because they know how to get things done, but they don't often know how to be. So I hear what Mm. you're saying because you're, you're not trying to make them productive, but it is a side effect. It's the backside of that coin that if I can get you to invest in yourself, if I can get this company to invest in their humans as humans and not just as human capital, because you know, that's what a lot of them call, which is a whole nother podcast, right? That just the fact that they call them that. But if you can get them to do that, not because you're trying to convince them of anything, but you're just conveying the reality of what they're seeing through the absenteeism rates that increase through the the lack of productivity that might creep up when they have major, major deadlines that people just can't make because they checked into a hospital or they checked out mentally and they're like calling out all of a sudden. People that never took vacation are all of a sudden calling out or just leaving or they're coming to work and not being fully tuned in because they got five screens open during the Zoom call, right? Like all, yeah. all the things that we've seen during the last two and a half, almost three years of this global pandemic, 
the work that you're doing has a beautiful side effect of increasing productivity if they invest deeper into filling the cup of the individual humans that are helping mm-hmm. their companies stay more than afloat and effectively thrive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Mm. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's a, it's really interesting work, you know, and I think one of the reasons why I started it was when I went through my burnout at the time, I realized, Hey, there are so many cool resources available at my company, right? I had like an EAP program and like free therapy and uh, medical leave, obviously, and internal resources about, you know, people talking about depression and burnout. And, and I was like, this is really interesting. You know, I've been here for six and a half years and I've never heard anyone really talk about Mm. that problem, you know? And that was one of the reasons why I started my business and why I'm so passionate about it because, and I still have that all the time when I talk to corporations that, you know, people are like, oh yeah, there are resources available if people need help. And I'm like, but this is too, that's too late when people need to start looking for that help. It's too late. Like why we know today, and there's so much research out there And we know today that, you know, a lot of um, people burn out. We know that a lot of people leave the company because they see that as the last resort of what they can do in order to take care of themselves. And I'm like, if you know all of these different things and they're so clear, why are you not investing more in proactive programs? Why are you not teaching your employees right away that that's what they need to learn in order to sustain their performance. Because Mm -hmm. you have obviously hired these employees because they know how to work. They know Mm -hmm. they are ambitious and they are Mm -hmm. super productive and they have shown on paper that they can do a lot of different cool things. However, we haven't taught anyone how to sustain that. And that's the problem. And it's not sustainable. Like from a physiological perspective, as you know, it is not sustainable to work like the way maybe you work in your twenties and your thirties and your forties and your fifties and, and people burn out. And so that's been really something that I'm super passionate about and I'm really trying to bring into companies and I'm really trying to get leaders to commit to one year programs instead of a one, one off workshop where people exactly. hear information, but then they forget it again. You know, I really try to influence leaders and tell them, Let's do data. Let's do research. You know, like let's collect data and see how people are doing when we are starting this program. You know, you have to show up. And it's so interesting because, you know, then leaders get sick. I, I've yes. been working with this organization and the leader seems to be sick all the time. And I'm like, hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good that they are investing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also requires the necessary follow through. And one of the things that I just, love that you said at the beginning of the podcast was nothing is going to change if you don't start to take action. And that's really what I'm trying to teach Mm. the people I work with as well. I love this so much. So I have to come back to, you know, my favorite question, right? For all the experts on all of it that makes this more well-rounded in terms of how you're living fully as this Mm -hmm. new evolved human that gets it that has been through some deep valleys, has climbed some high mountains, and has decided to create her own playing field with what you're Mm -hmm. doing and the way that you are beautifully working with companies and having the ripple effect on all the the Mm -hmm. humans that work there. Mm -hmm. How are you, Julia, giving yourself permission to pause? 
<laughs> in a lot of different ways. I think through my personal development, I've learned to really listen better to the signals of my body and mind when I need breaks. And I think that's the first most important thing. I think it really requires awareness of, hey, there's something is, you know, something is going on um, and I, I need to pay attention to this. So I think awareness is always the first thing. And then also to listen to it and not ignore it. Right. So there's a lot of different ways on how I do this. Um, I obviously live now in beautiful Lake Tahoe full time. And so there's a lot of amazing ways to uh, to recharge here. And I love to be outside. I have a dog. Um, and so I, you know, go for walks and runs and mountain bike rides. Um, but yeah, I really love kind of physical activity because I do also sit a lot in front of the screen um, and on my chair. So physical activity and just moving my body really helps me to pause. But as I mentioned before, you know, um, I went through um, a breakup in 2020. So two years ago now, and that was a really difficult period of time building a business um, and starting to be really busy and successful. And at the same time, going through a really, really deep valley. Um, and that was a really interesting time for me, again, to practice my own tools and to practice what I preach and to uh, really listen when I needed to take breaks. Yeah. Um, and when I felt so emotional that I just couldn't work and I couldn't show up the way I wanted to show up and to honor that as well. And it wasn't always easy. Yeah. Um, because you know, you, you, you always have that expectation of yourself that you have to show up and you have to keep going. And there needs to be a good balance, right? Between the two, you need to take care of yourself and you need to create that space in order to just grieve and, you know, be, um, be emotional. And at the same time, sometimes you just have to also push through in order to distract yourself and not stay in that negative um, thought pattern and cycle the whole time. So yeah, pausing is extremely important for me. And I am also considering myself a highly sensitive person. So mm -hmm. I feel like I actually do need a lot more time yeah. to recharge. And I am also an introvert. So I do need time by myself mm -hmm. to really recharge. And I've gotten to a point, I don't know if that comes with age or just with practice, but I'm really enjoying it now. I really enjoy yeah. taking these moments and I can, and you know, you were talking about creativity a little bit earlier as well. Mm -hmm. I can really recognize and notice when I'm super, super busy and, you know, I create a lot of content as well. It's, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to like, you know, come up with the next Instagram post yeah. or the next video and the next podcast. And as soon as I give myself space yep. and I have time to listen, I actually have time to listen to another podcast or to read a book, then all of a sudden, all of these ideas come back. And so it's so important for the creative process as well. And I am grateful that I, you know, that I have that time now and that awareness. Yeah. And the fact that you've worked on your emotional intelligence so that you could raise your EQ and be able to discern to your point, when is it time to relax, refuel versus when it's time to push through and just mm -hmm. knowing the difference as well as taking action on whatever that difference is, is super important. And you probably wouldn't have heard your inner self if you didn't have that really deep valley, right? That, so mm -hmm. that, that oh, yeah. was so much okay. gift in, in there. So kudos to you for choosing the best version of yourself, Julia, Thank and you. whoever it was that does not deserve you <laughs> and is not worthy of this evolved, <laughs> elevated version of you. Boop, boop. So what? <laughs> but we are glad that you are here and you're helping so many people. And we're honored to have you on the BBP.
Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. You're welcome. So how can people connect with you? Where can they go to get more of Julia? Yeah, I would say maybe two different ways. The easiest one is probably my website because that's where they can find everything else, right? It's the peak, the not the, just peakperformancemethod.com. Yeah. And there you can find obviously all of the information. How I work with corporations, how I work with individuals. You can find connections to my Instagram account, my YouTube channel and all of the content that I'm producing to help people. And then if people want to go directly to my Instagram account or to my YouTube channel, it's Julia Arndt Coaching, all in one word. And yeah, I know that they will find all of the details in the show notes because obviously my last name is, might be a little tricky to uh, to write. So I'll just let them check it out. No, that's perfect. <laughs> and you also, um, just as a plug, because host to host. I love to love when other hosts. What's the name of your podcast so they can follow? Yeah, my podcast name is Stressed, the Stressed Podcast and Stressed without the E between the S and the D. So nice. Stress with a big D. So, so uh, yeah. All right. So we'll make sure if we don't already have that, we will. And you know, I will be right. following, listening, subscribing and reviewing yes, your show. Thank you so much. I would really appreciate that. You're so awesome, Julia. <laughs> Balance Bowley listeners, did I not deliver? I know I do it every single week. I'm so I'm literally patting myself on the back right now only because I get to do those things because I take the time out to slow down so I can speed up after powerful pauses. <laughs> See how I plug that in? I know I'm always being cheeky. And I, as a nerd, I do live in the land of corny and I'm totally okay with that. Um, for all of you who are new to the Balanced Bully podcast, I promise that in addition to my joyful corniness, you get lots of balance and relationship tools here. So make sure that you review this episode and think of one human from everything that Julia Arndt shared today, one human in your ecosystem that could really benefit from listening to this. Everyone listening here, is ambitious. That's what drew you here. This is the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I know that you guys work hard. I don't need you to work harder. I want you to take what Julia said and think of the one other person in your life that also needs to hear how there's a different way, a better way of being a good human and still being productive while they have peak performance. That's the only thing I ask other than you doing what I ask everyone who tunes in every week to do, which is enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly.